Now, social housing and private developments wouldn't be a problem if the state guaranteed that only families with a record of employment were housed in it. Objections would be minimal. Lots of uh, comments coming in on social housing. Now, the streets of Dublin's north inner city were largely forgotten until the infamous Hutchkinnon feud spiralled out of control. And now, after decades of neglect, Dublin's north inner city has been put in the spotlight again. We've rediscovered the existence of places like Gardner Street and Sheriff Street, North Cumberland Street, and the travails of a community that has suffered more than many others. Even the Taoiseach has pledged to visit the streetscapes of the infamous Hutch feud and there's talk of setting up a commission to look into the north inner city. But what is the mood on the streets that uh, pretty much were forgotten during the Celtic Tiger era? Well, after the shooting in broad daylight of Gareth Hutch at the uh, flats in North Cumberland Street, political journalist John Drennan went to the area to see what uh, those on the ground are actually thinking. John, good morning. Morning, Pat. Now, it's not an area that you're unfamiliar with because as you laboured in independent news and media, you weren't uh, a million miles from this area at all. Uh, well, I wasn't actually, and funnily enough, I remember when I started off some 20 years ago, a long time ago now, one of the earliest um, gigs that I attended was the, the, the concerned parents' rebellion against drugs uh, and sort of the, all, the, all the passion and concern at that particular time. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, it is somewhat sad to come back 20 years later and, and, and find uh, that, you know, um, there is still uh, open drug dealing or there is, uh, or it, is, it, is, it is worse than ever. Yeah. Now, what did you see? I mean, was it easy for a civilian like yourself to walk around and observe it openly? Well, in my jacket and tie, I wasn't approached. Uh, but it was, it was certainly easy to walk, walk around. I mean, from 9 o'clock uh, when, I, when I came in, I mean, literally, there were people going into post offices. They were taking out cash. They were going down a side alleyway, uh, and they were openly drug dealing on the streets from that fr- from that particular time. Now, the nature of the drug t- trade has 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 changed fundamentally. Uh, it's no longer heroin. I mean, the the, the main trade now is is is, is tablets. Uh, any Lewis user would know what I'm talking about in that regard. Uh, and you know, it's, they are really heavy sedatives that you can buy sleeping tablets of a sort for uh, twelve euros for a packet of fourteen. Although the more entrepreneurial are now actually just selling single tablets, but one of them would knock a horse out, uh, and people are consuming, you know, entire these, packets a day. These are not controlled substances, so uh, although what they're doing may be illegal under some aspect of the law because drugs are controlled by a different agency, as far as the Gardaí are concerned, these are not controlled under their auspices. Uh, it certainly isn't. It certainly there's a lot of complexity surrounding it, uh, and I think somebody, well, somebody mentioned, you know, recently, Leo Faradkar was talking about, well, you know, we're going to have to sort out something with chemists or doctors or all the rest of it in terms of the dispersal of those drugs. And people laughed out openly because these drugs are not being sourced from chemists uh, yeah. or doctors. These, these drugs are, uh, I mean, one of the fascinating features of, 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 of the area uh, is that there's actually nowadays a commute from Bray and outskirts of towns uh, throughout uh, into, in, in, into the area, which kind of lands like your normal commuter at about nine o'clock, as someone described it as being like a trail of ants heading up towards, uh, heading up towards areas. And the dealing is done openly and visibly. Dealing is um, done openly and visibly. Now, we've had a lot of reporting from uh, Dublin Water over the last while uh, and you know the streets of fear did you detect fear on the streets um, this is a very resilient community which has suffered a great deal uh, so I mean you know I mean the, 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 the only sort of um, memorial that I, I think I, I saw was actually a, a dozen bunches of withered sort of uh, shop roses uh, for, the, for, the, for the latest victim of, the, of, of gangland shooting which I thought was in its own way a very sad epitaph uh, to a human life and a life where you know the individual in question was much loved by 
by sons and obviously much loved by families. But, you know, this is, I mean, this is a very, this is a community which has experienced tough times. Uh, I was thinking astonishingly from, from talking to people that uh, there are so many cases now where grandparents once again are rearing children that it's almost like Ireland in the 1930s, you know, where people emigrated yeah. and where an entire generation disappeared. Uh, and once again, you are seeing that phenomenon of... of, of grandparents of, of, rearing their children's children. Full of grandparents and full of children and, uh, you know, a huge swathe of young people seriously damaged uh, by this new drugs drugs um, yeah. issue. Now, what are the most distinctive traits of the area? I mean, are there any signs of the prosperity that seem to be um, kissing the rest of the capital? Well, I think, as you know yourself, Pat, I mean, one of the lovely features of Dublin is that it actually is a, it's a city that's a thousand villages. Uh, and yeah. you go 500 yards and you go into somewhere new. And, I mean, the north inner city, you know, it's just, you know, less than a thousand yards from the Google Quarter, less than a thousand yards from O'Connell Street. And you go into it and you go into an entirely different country because, as you say, in the rest of the city and throughout some parts of rural Ireland, there are signs of prosperity. There are cafes, shops, uh, sort of high street um, retail industries and all the rest of it. And this is in terms of that does sort of territory is a wasteland. Now, I mean, people do live in better houses. There's obviously yeah. some investment in the area. The playgrounds they, is one on uh, Gardner Street. There's Mountjoy Square. There are, there are playgrounds, but at the same time, as those of us who have rare children know, you can only do so much with playgrounds. Uh, and there's a sort of a sort of a, a spirit to an area sometimes. And I mean, you walk around and you see it. it it's all sort of little apartments, you know, with little sort of small little balconies. Uh, all of the, it's all steel railings, you know, the, going yeah. onto onto waste ground. Uh, you, you, you can see how it is not thriving in the same way to the rest of Dublin and how it needs a real entrepreneurial injection. The different drug crises we've had over the 70s and uh, the 80s uh, and the drug dealers were not necessarily household names um, uh, but some of them certainly are today because particularly of, of the feud. Are people more fearful of the dealers than they might have been in the past? There does appear to be a, a certain a, a much greater sense of fear uh, in terms of that. It's, it's almost like you um, I don't know if you remember that American series, The Wire, set in Baltimore, uh, which was about yeah. sort of um, the crossover between politics, journalism, and, and, and drug dealing. Uh, a lot of the dealers now apparently are, are adolescents, and they have absolutely no fear or respect for authority uh, of any, uh, in, in any sense. Now, uh, I mean, not to be completely negative, I, mean, I must also stress this is a community which is fighting back in its own way. Uh, it has great pride in its history. Like, I mean, this was the heartland of 1930. Uh, it was the heartland of the citizen army. It is used to battles. It is used to wars. But I think it's also a place which is very much haunted by uh, how the state has dealt with it over the years uh, in the sense that, you know, Artane was visited and all that sort of child abuse that occurred in Artane was visited very severely on this area. Uh, there's a school there, a huge school that was built in 1903 which is called the Red Brick Slaughterhouse uh, is, 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 is its uh, now it's not operational now so yeah. there's no no need to reach for the lawyers. But, I mean, there was the collapse of the dockers. There was the war of the state on sort of the women from the area who worked in Moore Street and all the rest of it. Uh, it, it has had a long-term alienated relationship with the state, and that has created its own difficulties. Now, we had uh, the Gregory deal with Charlie Hawhey. Um, what do the, the local people now believe of the new politics and what it might deliver, you know, a, a package for them? 
Well, I mean, put bluntly, uh, they, they, they see it as being an opportunity, though they are not impressed that it takes killings on the streets for to realise that something has to be done. But, I mean, there has really been an existential loss of faith in the state. There's a recognition that the state has spent money, but they're not quite sure where the money has gone. It, it seems to have gone into, you know, you put a building up, Mm-hmm. Uh, and you put in administration uh, and after that the trickle down effects are, are very difficult like, I mean some of the people that I met who are fighting for things they're, they're fighting for very simple things I mean, if you remember the, gar- the, the grandmothers I talked about earlier who are now rearing children I mean there, there are gr- groups and organisations there and they want to sort of get a few quid together for, grand- for those grandmothers to maybe go off for a couple of days for a weekend or something like that and it's almost impossible to do that I think what's very interesting is that there has been a big loss of faith in sort of community or government the, the onshore regime of drug task forces and all the rest of it. Uh, the, 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 there is a desire, one person said, that literally there's a desire for a whole new beginning because there's a recognition that the old way of doing things hasn't worked uh, and not the usual suspects was the line which one person used. That, In, in other words, there has to be, but it, and it can't just come down, smile for the cameras, appoint a task force uh, and walk off. I mean, the people want new ways of dealing with drugs. Uh, I mean, one of the very interesting groups I met was a group called Hope, uh, um, and, you know, the, the, their policy on drugs is that they are completely, they, they, they do not believe in the methadone solution. Yeah. They believe in complete um, sort withdrawal. Of withdrawal. In other words, they need treatment centres. They need treatment centres, uh, but it, the ethos needs to be one of withdrawal. That methadone, is, is, it, it just consigns people to social welfare, consigns them to the dole uh, for 20 years. It doesn't create a new spirit within, within, within the person. So, how would you characterise it in the end? I mean, is there new hope? Uh, do they see opportunities for themselves in, in a, a reconstructing city? Yeah, there is a real anxiety there to sort of recreate and build a better place. And I, th- I think that's a great source of hope. I mean, one of the things, for example, that, uh, that, that I saw Terry Fagan, a local historian, has put together an entire history of the flats, which is a colourful place. Monto, the red light district, James Joyce, yeah. Ulysses, he had devoted an entire chapter to it. Yet, astonishingly, the walking tours don't go there. Even though an entire chapter, one of the most, rather, well, given the location, one of the more colourful chapters, a visit to a brothel, uh, is not there. And what they're looking for is things like, I mean, to, to actually buy into the tourism industry, to create a heritage centre where you but can you've got to make it safe for tourists as well. I mean, funnily, funnily enough, their experience is, and certainly my experience as well, too, that in the daytime, if you are a non-combatant, this is a safe place to walk through. Now, I mean, at night time, I can't be, I, I can't be so sure, but certainly, in, certainly on a summer's day in, in, in sunlight. But I mean, you can only make a place safe yeah. if you have these things such going through. Just, just harking back to our last uh, conversation about housing and the shortage of, of skilled people, you're wondering, there's a whole cohort of young men, you know, teenagers now growing up. There will be jobs. They don't have the training. Uh, perhaps, you know, recruiting instead of the, the idea of putting them into the army to knock spots off them. Uh, yeah, no, well, I mean, bring I them to I apprenticeships think... and, and show them there is a good and honest living to be made. You don't have to kowtow to the drug dealers. You can actually make a living a different way. I think that's the way that p- the people want to go in, in there. Is, it, it is through the old ways of false cert, all the rest of it. But you're creating a, creating a future through work and employment, not just because you pay tax to the state, but because you become a whole and, you know, confident individual. John Drennan, thank you very much uh, for joining us. Uh, coming up next, Paris correspondent for the Irish Times, Lara Marlowe, will be telling us about the devastating impact that flooding in France is having on the capital city. Don't hold back. Call News Talk on 1890 Okay, I count six great reasons to visit the new